0: Ephesians 5:21 through 25. We'll be uh, referencing some other verses, but we'll probably just pretty much be camping out here. Okay. Ephesians 5:21, 25. Y'all have it. All right. Shall we begin? You guys been praying for me this week. All right. Here we go. Chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit. That about covers it. <laughs> Good plaque material, right? No, nobody's laughing. Um, Every guy who's. Thank you. Every guy who's never taken notes before in his life, all of a sudden today is grabbing a pen. The guy who can't even find John 316 suddenly is memorizing this one. Really? Well, it gets better or. Worse, depending on your understanding. Verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Some of the men are going, Booyah! Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you for, again for your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, you make me, Lord, go verse by verse. Lord, um, this is not one that I would uh, w- want to camp out on. Lord, um, but you, you force us, Lord, to, to go through these things so that we'll understand, Lord, you want us to have great marriages. You don't want us to settle for less. Lord, you don't want our marriages to be like the world, uh, their marriages. Lord, that the divorce rate shouldn't be the same in the Christian world, Lord, as it is in the, in the world. Lord, I ask again, uh, as I've been asking, Lord, that you would let today be a crisis. Lord, a, that is a good thing, a line in the sand. Lord, for every spouse. Lord, um, the same thing that I feel like you've been been wanting me to pray this week. Lord, I'm praying that marriages would be strengthened, that marriages would be even resurrected, or that, that wives would be submitting to you by submitting to their husbands, that husbands would be submitting to you by leading and loving their wives. Lord, I, I thank you that you so often you always speak in your gentle, convicting, encouraging way. And I'm asking you to do it again today, Lord, even on a, a subject this uh, touchy for some. Lord, help us, Lord. Um, you, you be Lord of all. You teach us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. First thing, we need to make sure we, we still have our, our bearings. What's the theme of Ephesians? Chapters 1, 2, and 3. Christian, you are wealthy. You look at that, the chapters and it's ridiculous how much God has taken sinners like us, like me, and taken us from spiritual paupers. Right. Those who who the only thing that we deserve is death row taken us. And it says he's seated us among the heavenlies. He's made it taken us from being paupers to princes. He's taken our filthy rags and replaced them with his righteous robes. That's chapters one, two and three. Chapters four, five and six. Because you're so wealthy, Christian, now walk worthy. Okay, it's something that we always have to continually understand in this book, because you look at chapters four, five and six. And if you don't understand this, it looks like just a list of rules and and God saying, look, you do this or else. No, in reality, chapters one, two and three says God has loved you so much now, never to earn God's love, but to return his love. Here's what I want you to do. Okay, and that is very true here in this text as well. Okay, he's saying, look. Because God has been so gracious to you. So good. I'm, I'm asking you to submit to one another. That's what he says. Um, first, let's talk about this word submission. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds like a, a dirty word for some, especially in this culture. The word is hupatasso, Okay, in the Greek. And listen, it means to put oneself under. It means to yield. It's a Greek military term that they would they would use in the military, it's to arrange in troop divisions in a military fashion uh, uh, under the command of a leader. It means to fall in line. Okay? It means to be a team player because in the non-military use, this is how it, how you would hear it. It's a, a voluntary attitude of giving in, of cooperating, of assuming responsibility and carrying a burden. Okay? So it's the opposite of the, the soldier who goes AWOL and says, I'm not doing what you say. Okay? It's, it's to... Place yourself under, okay? I want, to, I want to talk some, this morning especially, about just submission in general. And I think you guys will see, I'm hoping you'll see, that this applies to every single person in the room. This is not Paul zeroing in specifically and only on wives. I think I can show you that this is the whole, all of us, all humans have this issue and problem with Submission, and it's something that we need to to figure out. Okay, first thing. First thing I want you to understand about this thing called submission is it's supernatural. Supernatural. It's not natural. Let, Let me illustrate. Wives, quick show of hands. When you and your husband disagree on something, for how many of you is it just natural to submit to him? Raise your hand. Okay, husbands. In, in an argument, <laughs> you can't raise your hand for your husband. Um, husbands, in an argument, when, when you're in the middle of it, for how many of you is it just natural to love your wife just the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself, just surrendered himself for the church? We had one liar in the last service, but none in this service. OK, so OK, so have we established then that to submit to, to do what, what Paul is requiring here is not natural. It has to be supernatural. The, the place I can show you that is, look back at verses 15 to 18. You guys remember when we were, this was a couple of weeks ago. Remember, look at verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. We talked a lot about that word circumspectly. And what it means is that the Christian life is supposed to defy gravity. It's supposed to be Different. The word circumspectly is uh, in the Greek. It's akribon. It means the highest, the, the the best, and it's it's the where we get the word acrobat. Think of an acrobat walking on a tightrope. Think of a trapeze artist doing stuff that mere mortals can't do. Paul is saying here in chapter five. Look, the abundant life is not easy. It's not normal. Look around. It's not normal. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Y'all listen. I think you would agree in today's culture. Divorce is natural. Is normal. In today's culture, standing up for your rights. Saying no one's going to tell me what to do is natural. Normal. Looking out for number one is natural. Normal. Submission, however, is not natural. It's supernatural. It can only be performed, fulfilled by a spirit-filled Christian. In case you think I'm making this up, look at verse 18. This is this is the context, okay? Context is king when you study the word. It says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. He's talking about all things supernatural, okay? The only way you're going to do this is if you're filled to overflowing with The Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say what the spirit filled Christian life is supposed to look like. Again, depending on on where you what what your upbringing is, perhaps you you think that when you think of the word spirit filled life, perhaps you think mainly of speaking in tongues or prophesying or healing. I I desire these good gifts as Paul commands us to desire them. But notice here in Ephesians five. Paul says, "Look, when you're filled with the Spirit, here's what it looks like," and then he goes on to list it. Well, you guys want to humor me for a second? Sure. Cool. Cool. Way to submit. All right. (laughs) Okay. When I when I pause, and we're going to get a little Pentecostal here. Okay. When when I pause, I want you guys to say that Spirit filled. Let's practice. Awesome. Okay. According to Paul, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Spiritual. You, you'll be singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You'll be giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be dun, 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 submitting to one another. In the fear of God, it's it has to be supernatural. It's not something that you're just going to go. All right, I'm going to do this because the Bible says it no to be. I mean, how many of you just naturally go around speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Right. This whole list is not something that you normally do. It's it, when you're filled to overflowing, then it does become it comes out naturally, but it's not natural. It's supernatural. This is a mark, y'all, of the spirit filled life submission. And it requires the Holy Spirit to, to happen. The Spirit's filling. It requires the Holy Spirit's filling to submit to one another, to place yourself under another. I agree with Paul. If you've studied the, the spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. Again, I believe in all of them. Okay? But 12 and 14 talk about the, the, the ones that we think about. But 13, right in the middle, right in the rocking chair of those, that scripture, Paul says, Look, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have not what? Love. Love, Love is manifest by placing yourself under another. Right. You can speak with a thousand tongues. You can prophesy with amazing accuracy. But if we will not submit to one another, I don't think we can say that we are filled to overflowing with his precious, submitting, beautiful, gentle spirit. Paul says that in in first Corinthians 13. So submission is supernatural. If you're looking for an application right off the bat today. Lord, fill me. fill me to overflowing because this is not natural. This is not something that I can do. It's not something that I can work up. Lord, fill me to overflowing. Okay, next. Point number two. Submission is universal. Submission submission is supernatural, but it's also universal. I want you to see, and this is really important, especially probably to the guys today. When, when you look at the rest of chapter five and, and chapter six, it becomes really obvious that submission is universal. Everybody has to submit. To someone, wives have to submit, husbands have to submit, children have to submit, parents have to submit, employers have to submit, employees have to submit, citizens have to submit officials all got children have to submit maybe maybe when you started to hear this morning that this was about marriage, you were tempted to skip out. you were tempted to, to check out. no submission is a universal requirement for any human in society, but especially for Christians. Submission is required for all humans. Raise your hand if you need to understand and apply the concepts of submission. Okay, the rest of you are not human. Look at verse 21. That's where it says it right there. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. See, a lot of husbands want to go right to 522. I skip right over 21, submit to one another. Place yourself under the other person. We really, really need to understand this. Verse 21 y'all states the principle. That's the overarching principle, right? Uh, verse 22 and following show how that principle applies to different segments of society. He, he, I guess the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, he says, "Ladies first, He says, "This is what submission looks like for you, wives." Then he goes to the husbands, uh, verse 25 says, this is what submission to your Lord looks like. Love your wife, lead her. That's submitting to the Lord. Then he goes on, chapter six, verse one. Kids, children, this is what submission should look like in your life. Obey your parents. And then he says in uh, verse four, I believe, chapter six, husbands or excuse me, fathers, don't provoke your children. Submit to your Lord by not. Making their life miserable just because you can. Then he goes on and speaks to uh, to slaves and to to uh, slave masters. In our day, it would be employees and employers. Well, some of you may still feel like you have a slave master. But the idea is that we are all to submit to. The the whole principle here in chapter five is that we are by the Holy Spirit, It's not something that we can do ourselves, but by the Holy Spirit, we are not to earn God's love, but to return his love. We are to be submitting, it says, to one another in the fear of God. Make sense. Nobody should leave this room going, man, I'm glad you said that because some of those people need to submit. No, we all need to submit. Verse 22, it looks like this for you, wives. Verse 25, husbands, it looks like this for you. Verse chapter 6, verse 1. Kids, it looks like this for you. Fathers, it looks like this for you in chapter 4. Chapter 5, it, uh, verse 5, it looks like this for their servants and employees. And in chapter 6, verse 9, it looks like this for masters and employers. Okay. So everyone, if you would, say with me right now, to return God's love, return God's love I need to understand submission. I need to and live it out. Submission is supernatural. It is universal. Number three, submission is not optional. In every instance that I've mentioned, right? Uh, chapter verse twenty-two, verse twenty-five, chapter six, verse one, verse four, verse five, verse nine. In all of those instances, the verb that is used there is in the imperative sense. It's a command. It's not a request. It's not a suggestion. It's not something you do if you feel like it. It's not something you do if you get around to it. It's not something you do if you agree with that person. It's a command. If if as we go through these texts and I pray again that you'll really understand it. When you see how good and and smart the Lord is, it should be much easier for you to do this. But if any at any point you say to yourself, well, I don't care what the Bible says I won't submit speaking to all of those those groups of people. If any point you say that you are disobeying a direct command from the Lord that you say you serve. And Jesus would say to you, oh, why do you call me Lord? Then if if I give you a command and you come back to me and say, sorry, why would you call me Lord? Now, maybe at this point, some of the husbands, because of the verse we're at, are thinking, get him, preacher. Well, the fourth thing about submission is for you, then. And the same thing will be true for the wives next week when we lay it out for the husbands. Submission is supernatural. Submission is universal. Submission is not optional. But listen to this. Submission is personal. Husbands, please understand. Verse 22, 23 and 24 is personal between your wife and the Lord. Wives, understand when we talk about verse 25 and the following, how he should submit to his Lord by loving you as Christ loved the church. That's between him and his Lord. Verse 22, husbands, as much as you might want it to say, verse 22 does not say, husbands, make your wives submit to you. As to the Lord. Some apparently even read verse 22 this way. Husbands, subject your wives as if you're the Lord. Now, if you read the verse, verse 22, the first word, I mean, it's written to who? Wives, right? Not to husbands. If you're a husband and you read that as it's my job to make her submit. I would say to you in the words of the honorable Judge Belvin Perry. Son, do you not know how to read? (laughs) Verse 22 is written to wives. Okay, everybody raise your hand real quick. Okay, everybody raise your hand. Okay, now lower your hand if you are not a wife. Okay, if your hand is not raised, you don't need to be an expert in verse 22. Thank you. Guess what? You don't need to be an expert. And again, I made David Jass say those things. I said, hey, why don't you say this? And it was funny. And that's not, thankfully, that's not how he thinks. Okay? Husbands, it's not our job to be experts in verse 22. We don't need to point that part out of the Bible. We don't have to have it highlighted and all those things. Submission is personal between the Lord of the universe and your bride. And can I give you advice just as, as a friend, husbands? Could it be that in moments like this, the Lord really, really wants to speak to your bride to make your marriage awesome? And that you're risking messing it up by opening your mouth. (laughs) That if you just say, I'm going to let God do his thing, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and let it be personal between her and him. That he might be doing an awesome work. Could it be that he wants to speak, the Lord wants to speak to your wife about this and you're making it harder by being so hard to submit to? As a matter of fact, it's in the Greek, it's even easier to see husbands. It says, verse 22, wives submit in the Greek. the, The word actually is submit yourselves to your own husband. That's to the Lord. You see that? It's it's so specifically to the wives. It doesn't say anything but wives, submit yourselves unto the Lord. It doesn't say wives, your husband has the right to make you submit. No, it says wives, you voluntarily submit yourself. Let, Let me speak directly to the wives. Your husband cannot biblically force you to submit. Did you hear that? He can force you to submit, but he can't do it biblically. This verse does not say that. But let me flip it the other way. And this is true. Wives, you are commanded to submit yourself to your own husband. And notice it says, y'all, to your own husband. It does not say to men in general. You see that, right? Again, some men want, to, want it to read. Ladies, submit to all the guys. It doesn't say that. It says... Why? Submit yourselves to your own husband. There's nothing in here that necessarily prevents a woman from being a CEO of a corporation or a president of a nation. There's two places in the Bible where it's it's very clear that, that the Lord is talking about roles. And one is the husband and wife relationship. The other is leadership within the church. No place else that it's explicit. It says here, wives, submit yourself. Submit yourself to your own husband. We played around with that a little bit before. Your own, in the Greek, is idios. Oh. I'm, not, I'm just saying. So maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel like, oh, well, I got my own idios. So I have to submit to. Okay. <laughs> the point is, he's your own, and that's that's the one person that the Lord is saying, and He's being very explicit here. Submit yourself. Put yourself under him. Okay. Um, see, one of the things and this is hopefully this is touching on it. This is really, really clear to me, but I think the devil is so good at what he does. We, We look at these verses and we instantly transcribe them to say, "Okay, men are better than women. What? It doesn't say any of that. One of the things that the devil has done in our culture is masterfully twisted the biblical concept of submission, which is a beautiful thing into subjection and superiority. See, the devil wants us to think that God requires submission from wives because women are inferior. Nothing further from the truth. It never says that. The quickest way I can, I can open your eyes to this, and this truth, because again, we read those verses and that's what the devil goes to work right away. The quickest way I can show you that there's nothing that could be further from the truth is to ask you guys a ridiculous question. Okay. Please don't answer yes. Because we'll all know that you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Would anyone. Please don't don't raise your hand. Would anyone here say. That Jesus is somehow less than God. No. It's what we believe. from the, At the core of our. That's what separates us from the cults. There, there are. There are groups of people that think, well, God, he was just a great guy. He was a really great guy. But, you know, he wasn't God. No, we believe he is fully, completely God. Co-creator of all things, right? Jesus is fully God, fully man. The Bible declares it over and over again. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was God, right? He was in the beginning with God. He created all things with God. Co-creator, right? Well, John chapter 8, Jesus says... Before Abraham was, I am. That's, that's a title that only God is allowed to use, right? Jesus very, very clear that he is God. He's nothing less than God. And what does Philippians 2 say? Philippians 2 says that he, who did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he's exactly equal with God. He what? Humbled himself. He submitted He lowered himself. He placed himself under. He submitted himself to be a servant. He submitted himself even further to to the point of death. So far to the death on the cross. Here's the thing. Isn't that our gospel? Is it not the most beautiful thing in all of history? (laughs) The submission of an equal. to, To save us. Y'all, that is the gospel, the very gospel that makes us saved, that makes us justified is only possible because Jesus, who is equal with God, submitted himself. Jesus himself, no less God than the father, placed himself lower. Um, You guys remember when Jesus was in in the garden and he said, Father, if there's any other way to save these people, let's go with that. If you have a plan B, I would love that. Nevertheless, what? Not my will, but yours. Be done. See, when the devil tells you that this whole submission thing is because men are better than women or uh, more privileged or any of that stuff, it's, it's junk. No, submission is a beautiful thing when you understand it. God does not command women to submit to men in general. And God does not command wives to submit to husbands because we are so awesome. You already knew that. He does it because every body needs a head. Everybody needs a head, right? Imagine if I was standing up here trying to talk to you without a head. Some of you are thinking I'm pretty close to it already. Everybody and, and the Bible talks about um, and, and even we talk about groups of, of members. Members, when, when people are to come together, they're called what a body. Every person that's more than one, every every group, whether it's a family or church or whatever, everyone needs a head. Well, I don't know why, but the Lord has chosen which one He wants to be the head. Look at verse twenty-three: For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. He, Christ, is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Every body needs a head. Every family needs a head. Every group of collected members needs someone to lead. Every team needs a leader. Someone who on that rare occasion, and let me stop there and say it's rare. I have found it to be so rare, truly, when me and my bride pray, pray consistently, pray together and can't come to a place where it's obvious where the Lord would have us to go. Where I say, I'm sure it's this way. And she says, "Ah, it should be really, really rare. If those times aren't rare, that should tell you something else. Are you praying? Are you praying with each other? Husbands, are you leading your wives in prayer? It needs, those need to be very rare occasions, but there are those occasions when someone someone has to make the tough call. Someone has to say, I know we don't agree, but I really feel like this is the way we're supposed to go. And God has decided that in the family, the one who is tapped for that role is a husband. Not because he's smarter or better. You're all saying amen but because that's the role that God has given him. It, again, it's a mystery. Paul even says that. Look at verse 32. He says, this is a great mystery. <laughs> Maybe some of you think thinking, yeah, that God would choose the husband. I don't know. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. There's this mystery that we just sort of barely touch on, which is there's something mystical. There's something that we don't quite get that has to do with the husband and the wife. And Christ and his church. There's a picture there. Verse 23, maybe to put it this way. Verse 23 kind of pulls back the curtain on how God sees our roles in marriage. And what he's saying is this much I know. Our marriages are supposed to show the world the love between Christ and his church. It's a mystery. He says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He says, nevertheless, you guys should be conforming to this picture. Look it back in verse 23 now. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he, Christ, most of you probably have that capitalized. Maybe I think old King James doesn't. And he is the savior of the body. Christian, our marriages are supposed to be a picture of Christ and his beloved bride. That's how it's supposed to look. The husband is supposed to humbly and courageously, just like Jesus, lead. And the wife is supposed to let him leave, supposed to support him. The end of verse 23 is interesting, isn't it? It does say, and he is the savior of the body. If that's capitalized, it's easy. Okay, yeah, I get that. But why did he put that in here with husbands and and wives? Again, I think it might be because of the picture that this is how God works. He teaches us through things that we can see, right? How many of your neighbors need to see a picture of how much Christ loves his church? Verse 23. What? Here's the only thing I've got on that. And he is the savior of the body. Okay, if that's supposed to, if we're keeping these uh, these roles consistent, then in some way the, the husband is supposed to be the rescuer, the defender. Right? And I think that then it becomes clear to me when I understand that. Let's, let's paint a scenario. There's a noise outside the window in the middle of the night. The picture is not supposed to be of the wife saying to the husband, Stand back, I've got this one. It's supposed to be the other way around, right? The husband's supposed to be the defender, the rescuer. It's really important, apparently, to God that we live in the roles that He's given us. And let me now. I spent a lot of time making sure that you understand what this doesn't say. Let me. Speak as directly to the wives as I know how. If this is a picture, wives, of the husband and the wife, the, the Christ and the church. When you refuse, when you say, I will not put myself under. When you oppose your husband, when you belittle him, when you browbeat him, when you nag him, When you take the position of the head, you take verse 23 and you flip it and you flip all of it. And tell me if this sounds right to you. For the wife is the head of the husband. As the church is also the head of Christ. And the body, the church, is the savior of Christ. Well, it's backward. And both husbands and wives should be convicted if that's what the picture of your marriage. Husbands, if you're just sitting on the couch and and not having any spiritual leadership. You're in effect could be forcing her into, well, something's going to get done. I guess I'm going to have to do it. This is a backward picture, and it's not what the Lord would have the picture be to the world. Husbands, you should be leading humbly. Wives, you should be trusting. You should be trusting. him. I know here's what happens. Ladies then say, but you don't understand. My husband is a serious couch potato. I mean, if, if I don't nag him, nothing gets done. He won't leave. Well, let me tell you a few things. Number one, go above his head, pray for him. You have one husband who will never leave you nor forsake you. He is gentle, kind, forgiving, one Lord, one King. You go above his head, you pray for him, but specifically pray for him this week because next week the husbands are going to be in the hot seat and in more ways than one. We're going to see, and actually we're going to talk about it a tiny bit today. Y'all, there's. Tremendous, enormous responsibility for the husband in this picture. So, ladies, if you have one who won't seem to lead, spend time on your knees this week praying for him. But let me also say this. The quickest way to to change a a loser into a leader is to get behind him. Right? Just think about that physically. It's like someone who's like, I don't know where I'm going. Well, I'm going to follow you. Oh, well, now I'm I'm a leader. Now what am I going to do? (laughs) Now I've got responsibility. A great way to get your husband to, to begin to even think about these things is to say to him, Honey, you're the head. I'm following you. Where are you taking me? Where do you want to go? I'm behind you. See, the reality is, we'll see it next week, the husband is on the hot seat. He really is before God. It's the husband who will give an account for how his family turned out. Husbands, you have enormous responsibility that we're going to we're going to talk about next week. But wives, you do have responsibility, but the the real weight of every single decision falls rightly upon your husband. If our marriages are a picture of Christ and his church. Think about that. Christ and his church. Husband. Wife. Then think about this for a second. We spent three chapters saying. Look how rich he's made you. Look how much he's blessed you. Now respond. Chapters one, two and three should be exactly how the husbands act toward their wives. Look how much he loves you. Chapters four, five and six should be the wife saying, I respond. I trust you. Therefore, I'll do. I'll follow you. In, 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 that situ- in that situation, tell me who has the active role. Who's more active in our being, us being saved? Us or Jesus? The Jesus. He left heaven, came to earth, humbled himself, gave up everything. And all we really have to do is trust him. Hus- husbands, love your wife. Christ loved the church. Wives, trust him. Follow him. Your husband, according to the word of God, is the one with that active role who will answer for the whole family. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject. Now, actually, that's exactly the same word as um, submit. It's uh hupotasso, it's submit one who submits themselves. Right. So just as the church submits itself to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay, we were just starting to make progress and then we get to that word everything. Because this is what happens every time I'll preach on a a message like this. There are questions that come up. Everything. What if my husband commands me to commit immorality? What if my husband's abusing me or my kids? What if my husband is committing sexual immorality and he refuses to stop? What if he's committing adultery? Such a sad thing. But some husbands will actually, with a straight face, make the most important word in, in verse 24, the word everything. They will actually say, well, it says right here, everything. No matter how immoral or selfish their goals are, they quote this verse to get what they want, completely ignoring the very next words. Verse 25, husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself up for her, gave up what He wanted so that she could be brought into a redemptive relationship. Look, husbands, if you're asking your your wives to do stuff that is against their conscience, shame on you. The the, the same principles. Just, just just to be clear here, the same principles that apply with all authority apply in the husband and wife relationship, right? Well, when we talk about authority, we're talking about probably ninety five percent of of the time, which means like, okay, yes, I understand the role, and it means even if you don't agree, then you should, in general. Uh, go go with that, that person's uh, thoughts, right? Uh, be a team player, all those kind of things. But listen, here's the p- part I don't want you to miss. When the authority that we're talking about, whether it's king, pastor, father, husband, any of those things, when that authority puts you at direct odds with your true king, then you're not only should, but you're required to. Resist that authority in in a spiritual way. Acts chapter 5. You remember? the Rulers of Jerusalem were were, uh, were saying to Peter and the other apostles. Verse 28. Did we not strictly command you to not teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's Jesus blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. You get it? Whenever that authority says... Well, you're going to do this because I say so. If that's in direct defiance to what your true Lord has spoken through his word, then you should say, uh, sorry, I need to obey God rather than men. I mean, what if somebody says, um, hey, I'm the authority here. I want you to go kill that person. What? No. OK, so let me make it as clear as I can, again, because these, these the, the devil has a heyday on, in these topics. Listen, if your husband is asking you to sin, to sin against your conscience, you should obey God rather than men. If your husband is abusing you or or your kids for your safety, separate yourself from that situation. If there's sexual immorality and he won't deal with it, he, he refuses. He says, look, I'm going to stay in my sexual immorality and you will submit. That's from the devil. The Lord has given you some common sense. And it's the Holy Spirit who wrote these words, the same Holy Spirit that speaks to your heart. These words are not meant, let me say it this way, to be used by men who say they are Christian to force women who actually are to do their bidding. Does that make sense? Go back to verse 22 as we get ready to close here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That's probably the crux of it right there. What what does that mean as to the Lord? Because here's the thing. Here's the way men like to read it. As if he's the Lord. (laughs) Right. It's like, okay, don't forget in this relationship, I'm like the Lord. No, no. What they what they trying to say in that is they're trying to say, look, this is the extent to which my authority goes. Well, here's how some women like to read it. If I submit to your own husbands, as long as he's like the Lord, that doesn't work either. Right. Ladies, which of your husbands is exactly like the Lord all the time? <laughs> Steve raised Ophelia's hand for it her, for it. Her. Okay. Hey, that doesn't work, right? If you're like, oh, well, I'll do what you say as long as, you know, you, you do things that I think you I agree with. Well, that's not submission. Right, The the whole idea of submission is basically going, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, but okay. Cooperation, right? So what does this mean? As to the Lord. Well, I think if you think of it in terms of extent, here's my authority, you're wrong. I think if you think of it as, well, it's it's going to limit the authority. In, in most cases, you're wrong. Here's what I really think he's getting at. As to the Lord as meaning your motivation. Why would you submit to this idiot <laughs> Because the Lord has saved you. He's rescued you. Why is you're not to submit to your husband because he's so awesome? Or because he thinks he's so awesome? Why is you're to submit to your husband who in most cases, and I need to say this too, because I know I've been beating up on the husbands a little bit, and I'm probably going to do it more next week. Y'all, in most of the cases, your husbands, they're flawed, but they're doing their best. They're, they're trying to follow the Lord. Don't miss this, wives. If you have, if you have a good one, if you have, or even one that's trying, don't mess it up by insisting on them loving you like the Lord. Instead, again, take it over their head. We're supposed to submit to the Lord, or submit to our husbands as to the Lord. Meaning that's our motivation. That's why I do it. To to do it in response to what the Lord has already done for you. If you're looking at chapters 1, 2, and 3 and you go, man, my husband doesn't resemble that at all. Well, but Jesus does. And that's what this says. Submit to him in honor, in deference to the one who saved you. Who made you justified. He made you rich. He is your head. He's loving. He's gracious. He's gentle. He's forgiving. And he says, the Lord would say today, look, use your common sense. Follow my spirit. But in general, ladies, support your husband. Let him leave. Get behind him. Let him leave.